Hello, and how are you today? Welcome to another episode of this podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Corbett, and as always, we have a great guest for you guys today. He's one of my oldest friends from the cruise ships. His name is Riyama Liuma, and he is now a rap artist in South Africa. And uh, when we were on board ships together, so I'd always see him writing uh, rhymes, scribbling rhymes down uh, in the bar um, or in the cabin, because uh, we were roommates. We were, we were close we were friends um and we are still to this day i he's one of the best guys i ever met uh throughout my journey on cruise ships and uh i want to tell his story because he's transitioned to into something that um i'm really proud of him for doing he's now t- taking his dreams and making them happen sort of thing so i feel like that's a perfect story to tell in this podcast and uh, like i said he's now uh released he's actually released his very first ep and we're going to give you a little bit of taste of that this is my favorite song from his ep uh remix the addict available on spotify and on soundcloud and this will be clobbering time and then once clobbering time is over we'll get right back or right to the interview Hell, how are you? Like, what's going on, former roommate of mine? <laughs> oh man, nothing much. I eh? just sort of 
working through this pandemic vibes and uh, it's winter here now in SA. So it's like, oh, that's why you got the long cold, sleeves man. on. You're looking fresh, my son. Fresh. <laughs> <laughs> now, how so, are you doing, like, bro? Oh, man, you know, just there's a, a live comedy event uh, tonight in Sarnia, Ontario that my wife and I are going to go to. So we're like, date night. We can actually go out on a date night. Oh, my God. What are we going to wear? What right. are we going to wear? Sir? <laughs> So it's kind of insane. <laughs> Where is uh, Maka? Uh, she's still working right now. Okay. Yeah, I'm right. here with the cats and uh, the AC and God, my hair is <laughs> fucking <laughs> mess. Jesus, look at this fucking train wreck. All right, man. Jesus, uh, so it's good to see you. Fucking last time I talked to you uh, was anytime I've been drunk and wanted to dial you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we spoke like literally the other day, like you and I. And, you know, oh yeah, we're gonna leave that. We're, we're gonna leave the idea for later. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> I, I I heard that she she messaged you right away. <laughs> Immediately, like the moment, like you started speaking about her, you know. <laughs> All right. So like, for the for the audience that doesn't know, we have a mutual friend called Sarah. And uh, we like to take the piss out of her. Uh, and uh, it is hilarious, <laughs> her reactions. To... <laughs> uh, taking a joke is maybe not one of her finer <laughs> qualities. <laughs> I mean, I, I know she, like, she takes it all in good, you know, fun. <laughs> but sometimes, like... <laughs> I talked to, talk to her after. So, like, all right, let's... Uh, so we were going to do, like, a segment called uh why sarah's single <laughs> and your reaction was so funny that i sent it to her and then she facetimes me it's like you mother like denzel washington from train day actually gets shot in the ass you mother sort of thing she called me immediately and oh like started texting me immediately and was like i betrayed her because um, <laughs> i agreed to do the segment <laughs> i was like what did what have I done? I haven't done anything yet. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. We haven't done nice anything yet. So, maybe we'll, maybe we'll uh, send her the link and she can join us for that segment later on today. Uh, how long is your list, by the way? <laughs> well, actually, I didn't really write down anything. But I mean, I don't even know why she's single. She's actually a wonderful person. Like, she, like, that's the she joke of the segment. <laughs> That's the reason why it's funny. Because <laughs> she, she shouldn't be single. But like, you know, let's make up some reasons why she might be single. My first reason is she might be too white. I don't know. <laughs> is too white a thing? I don't even know if that's a real thing. Is that a thing? Like... Uh, in North America, it is. <laughs> like, i mean seriously with the black lives matter movement and like stuff going on in canada about the indigenous uh population like white people are just you don't want to be a white person right now in canada or north america because <laughs> you're either you're either like one side or the other side and then there's people in the middle who are like i don't what, what did i do i didn't do anything wrong and yet people are yelling over top of each other it's ridiculous you know, I, I never thought I'd ever, like, hear the words, like, <laughs> like I don't want to be a white person. <laughs> Listen, I didn't say I don't want to be white. I'm just saying, you know, I'm not even saying that it's a difficult time. I'm just saying some people who are white think it's a hard time for them right now. And okay. to those people, 
I would say, uh, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Famous line from Bo Burnham's new comedy special. <laughs> should I maybe just shut the fuck up? Uh, yes, you should maybe just shut the fuck up. Unless you're, you know, <laughs> actually trying to help someone, maybe. But man, so what contract? So we worked on ships together. What contract were you and I roommates for? Um, what ship was we that? We were on the Ruby. Uh, the Ruby. Was the Ruby? Yeah. So um, that was also like during like Christmas time, you know. Um, that was my fourth contract. I don't know. Uh, exactly which contract that was you ruby so that would be my second run on ships i think that was my second to last because it was regal or royal i get those ones and then ruby and then caribbean i think was my last one mm. and then you quit uh, shortly yeah. you you left you quit you left me you son of a bitch yeah I left. <laughs> you left me your contract i, little, I, <laughs> I liked you as a roommate and then you all of a sudden leave me <laughs> No, I had had enough, bro. Like, you know, you can only do so many before you realize, like, fuck, they, they like literally milk you for everything you're worth, you know? Um, that, I guess that's like the corporate, you know, mentality of like just making the, you know, your employees do you know, like unbelievable things sometimes, like too much, you know what I mean? It's a little yeah. bit too much. It's, you know? it's, no, I can't say that. Um, moving on. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, you just—you're basically just a number to them. Like yeah. you're literally just a number to them. And if they can make you work like twelve hours a day every single day, they will do it because, like, let's make the most out of this uh, employee of ours. You know? and, you, and I think that's the hardest thing to like get across to people that you talk to when you're like coming back home for like that two month vacation, and like that first month of vacation, you're just like the first two weeks you're just sleeping <laughs> you're yeah. so exhausted you're so tired and then you're like oh i'm gonna go and then everyone thinks that you have this glamorous lifestyle but like the amount of like crew members like especially officers that kind of like give you that side eye kind of treat like shit sort of thing the amount of mm. passengers that are just the worst <laughs> like you know there are a lot of great aspects of ship life but at the same time you know the worst parts of it are the reasons like they affect you more because it's like it's the constant grind they wear and tear on you more i feel yeah i mean because <clears throat> on the surface it all looks good because like we always post the pictures oh we're climbing the great wall of china we're doing whatever it is and everyone's like oh you're just getting paid to travel the world you know what i mean and then like there's like you know that underlying thing like actually we're working our asses off <laughs> Like they don't yeah. see, they don't see the, the uh, like if you, if you post a photograph, like in your first like week on the contract and you're like, you're all mm. freshed up eyes. And then like that towards the end, like you <laughs> see the crow's eyes coming down. Sort of thing. They don't see that transition, that evolution of deteriorating mental yeah. health and physical well-being. Yeah. And then at the end of your contract, you're just like, God damn, I really need to get home <laughs> yeah. as quick as possible. Although yeah. I, to be fair, like, Honestly, like I, I miss the only thing I miss really is like I the travel doesn't really bug me too much. It's the camaraderie with the crew members, like hanging out with you in the cabin, seeing yeah. you play my PS4, playing Spiral or whatever, or you know mm. just like the Levers nights, man. It's fucking fuck Bin Laden, man. It's like that whole contract <laughs> was like every time, every time someone left, we did the fuck Bin Laden shit from a uh, Lonely Island, and it was the blast. Uh. 
Yeah, I mean, like, <clears throat> I think the team makes it for you. Yeah. Like, every contract that I had um, where I didn't enjoy it, it was because I had, like, a team that was just, like, just out to get each other <laughs> or whatever. But, like, when you have a good team, like, that contract on the Ruby, like, before, yeah. like, with, with um, uh, uh, Sian, 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 Sean, Sean, yeah, Sean, Sean, yeah. and Kay, and like everybody who was like a part of that whole vibe yeah. was just like just a lot of energy, a lot of positive vibes going through. So you know that made the contract, and then like everybody sort of sort of started to leave, and then I was just like, damn, well. I don't know. <laughs> and then you left me to deal with the other you son of a bitch. Like, that's why I'm like, I feel very betrayed. <laughs> I just left you high and dry. <laughs> yeah, because I like that last that last few weeks on the Ruby was like just nails on a chalkboard. Like, oh my God, it was it was brutal. There was not a lot of like redeeming stuff going on. And like I think I can't my now wife i can't recall if she left before or if she left after me but man it was yeah last few weeks after you left i was like because i had a new roommate and like it was like three weeks i'm like oh, just, no point in starting who's your, who your new roommate bro? Uh, quiet a quiet filipino guy i can't remember his name like i was like i was so was like zoned out from like all the other bin ladens that we had before <laughs> so, <laughs> Was Scott still there when um, when you left? Oh, must you, say the, uh, <laughs> I think he had left. Did you, Sarah? Sarah actually sent me a picture of him recently. He just had a baby. Oh, really? Oh, that's cool. Yeah. All right. So for viewers that may, might, all right. So um, Brianna and I are huge fans of Lonely Island, especially uh, the movie Pop Star Never Stop Stopping. So every time never someone's stop, leaving. And every time someone's leaving uh, a contract, we would always play the song Fuck Bin Laden. Uh, and we'd take shots as that Fuck Bin Laden would hit sort of thing. And that was <laughs> for almost five straight months every time someone left was having a party. And then Scott was an engineer on the ship. And uh, on ships, there's muster stations where you go for safe haven. Uh, his muster station was muster station J, uh, but that was for Jägermeister. Uh, and that was not a safe haven because I do not remember this. I, I don't remember leaving that cabin some nights. It was ridiculous. It was definitely not a safe place to be if you wanted to be sober. Sarah, Sarah was telling me that the, the biggest, like the most drunk she's ever been on ships was from leave that cabin. Yeah, definitely. And like he ordered the, the uh, Jägermeister machine. So he has... Jägermeister machine that he ordered somehow through the 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 ship delivery whatever like it was like parts like you got it delivered like it's parts for like whatever engineering shit he's gonna do and then he's just getting like Jägermeister bottles which already was a bad idea because we're not actually supposed to be drunk <laughs> so there's an emergency we're supposed they, to say like if they if they <laughs> Thank God there was never an emergency why we were at Muster Station J and had to go to an actual Muster Station because that would not have been a good, a good thing <laughs> for us to do. We would nobody would be safe, honestly. <laughs> and actually, you're you're bringing back a lot of memory, like that Ruby contract. Like I don't remember it, but like I all I remember is like it being fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
times, bro. <clears throat> yeah, and so like, <clears throat> I think one of the coolest things about uh, you being on ships is like I'd always see you writing uh, in the in the smoking room because like sometimes you just have your headphones on, and I always had to ask you where are you writing, and you said you were doing rhymes, and then you showed me uh, some of the rhymes. I was like. Oh shit, this isn't bad. And then you performed, I think, once or twice. You were very not, you were very much not like you didn't want people to know that you did stuff on the side, but now you have released an EP under uh, Remix the Attic. So what the fuck experience kind of that? What was that all about? <laughs> well, I mean, I had I, I've always been writing lyrics, like since I think maybe when I was like in like, like the ninth grade or whatever. And uh, I just never really, you know, picked up the microphone and actually recorded stuff or whatever. So when I finished that contract from the Ruby, I bought myself a microphone, you know, uh, bought myself some equipment. And then I started recording and I did some songs. Um, <clears throat> like most of the songs were on beats from other people, you know, um, you know, already I found them on the Internet or I got the beats from my friend or whatever. And then recently in the lockdown, I I taught myself how to produce, you know, my own my own instrumentals and stuff. So I literally the whole time, the whole of last year, I was like working on that stuff. And then I was like, you know what? Here we go. Now I now I make my own beats. Now I can put it up on Spotify. You know, what I mean, now I don't I won't get sued because <laughs> <laughs> I own, own all the rights to all the stuff. And yeah, so I just put it out. Like, yeah. I've always wanted to do, you know, my own stuff and just like, you know, own everything myself. And now I just managed to do it, you know, um, the spectacular is what it's called. <laughs> so what was it again? So where can people find it? It's on Spotify. I do actually listen to it quite often because like, I really do enjoy the album. It's actually dope as shit. <laughs> it's actually good music. Thanks, bro. <laughs> um, yeah, so... It's up on Spotify and it's also up on Bandcamp and SoundCloud. I just put it out there. I mean, for me, like, it's not really about making money. You know what I mean? I don't really like care if I actually, you know, make a single cent off the music. I just kind of wanted to put it out there. For me, it's a, like a lot, um, a lot like therapy, um, making this music, you know what I mean? So if I have an issue, you know, that I'm trying to deal with or whatever, <clears throat> Then I put it in a song, you know. Then I just put out the put the song out. So yeah, I, I understand. Yeah. I understand where you're coming from with that, but at the same time, like so, like with me doing the comedy, I do that for therapy and something to do and everything. And you have your music, but like, you know, like if you, I find that the most successful people that are in our respected genres are the ones that don't do it for the money. So like, with the comedy, I mean, like I'm just starting out. I the the end game i don't know what it is right now i mean i'd love for it to hit but with the music thing like if it hits it hits if it doesn't it doesn't but at the same time like because of this kind of nonchalant attitude you have to it i think it's gonna hit for you and that's just my personal opinion well i hope so <laughs> i hope so too like if it does hit uh i promise that it won't change me <laughs> I won't become an asshole. <laughs> Don't you turn Michael Jackson on me, I swear to God. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I imagine like if your your comedy thing takes off, like, you know, you would also like 
not want to change you know what I mean? yeah don't become a different person <laughs> or i just become a character of a person and do that <laughs> just become <laughs> just become a completely like bad person and that's my characteristic my real life so like my real life and my professional life are not you know mm. intertwined or anything but i think that's probably gonna be a difficult thing to do if that does happen um so what is your your writing process like because like I know, I know some other artists, they need to be kind of like in a zone, but like you were on the ships and like, that's a chaotic environment. Do you relish that kind of environment to write or do you more prefer like a more laid back sort of thing? Well, I mean, when I was writing um, The Spectacular, um, I was actually quite peaceful. You know what I mean? Like, I think... Um, I had a lot of stuff going on in my mind. I think everybody had a lot of stuff going on in their mind, especially because it was in the middle of the pandemic. So it's like, you know, that is chaos <laughs> as well, I suppose. <laughs> I suppose. So maybe I do actually um, thrive in a little bit of a chaotic environment. But I was also at the same time, <clears throat> last year, I was finishing my, um, my degree, my uh, film degree. So um, like, I think that I just had so much stuff going on, like assignments and filming and, and all sorts of other stuff going on that it just, I find that the more busy I am with like other stuff, then uh, I somehow managed to sneak in a quick rhyme or whatever, you know, or write down um, something that's been going on in my head for, I don't, I don't actually understand it. It's very weird because like, most people would rather be like at peace or whatever before they start writing a new song <laughs> or whatever. But I, I find that like the busier I am, the more likely I am to like get a song done or, or whatever. And so like with the, with the whole like being a writer and now, you know, getting to like film and television, like are you hoping to, to like um, take a reference uh, Ghostbusters, are you know, looking to cross the streams like do both sort of thing or i mean they they sort of come hand in hand because film is also like yes it's video right but there's also sound involved in that and like learning how to you know mix and master and all of that also sort of plays into you know being like a full stack you know creator or um you know content creator because now i can now I not only have the ability to, you know, shoot a film or whatever it is, I also have the ability to, you know, make music and mix and master the, you know, the sound that goes as part of it. So I think for me, it's just mostly about learning um, as much as I can about everything that I love, you know what I mean? So I love movies and I love music, so why not combine it? All right, so let's yeah. talk about your love of that sort of thing. So, like, in terms of, like, music, what are some of your influences there and what are some of your influences uh, film-wise? Because, I mean, I, I feel like coming from North America, a lot of people don't realize that, you know, South Africa probably has their own scene there that might influence you completely different than what influences me. Yeah, I mean, like, when it comes to, like, a music sort of perspective, like, I hip-hop is, is is definitely an american sort of <laughs> sort of vibe right it was created there so <clears throat> like my favorite my favorite um hip-hop musician is uh is jay-z 
I love that guy. I have listened to every single last song he's ever put out in his life. But like, I also, at the same time, I listen to randomly just some classical music or, or you know what I mean? Like, I have weird, like sort of eclectic taste when it comes to music. Like, I li literally will want, at one stage listen to metal music. But that's also, um, I think that that sort of came about because of like, um, I grew up skateboarding and now um, when you grow up skateboarding, you watch all these different skate movies and everybody has a different song and then you just get in, involved in sort of like different kinds of music just by that. And then you end up like with a playlist that jumps from metal music to hip hop to, you know, all sorts of different things. So, um, yeah, I think that's sort of, um, do oh, so like does does a movie does a movie hit differently for you when a soundtrack is like on point because for oh, me yes. i think for everyone i think for most people it does but i mean like what would you say is like a great like movie soundtrack that's maybe influenced your your vibe um definitely hans zimmer like anything hans zimmer is like you know on point for me but i also really enjoyed um recently um, Ludwig um, Göransson's uh, score for, um, for for Tenet. I enjoyed that. Like I actually download a bunch of scores just for fun, you know, and I listen to that like <laughs> when I'm just chilling or whatever. Like scores are very interesting because like most of them, like they, they don't have really usually have any sort of like hip hop influences unless it's like a specific like hip hop movie or something. And most of the time, they're just like, it's all these big sounds and orchestral pieces and stuff like that that like go into it. And I, I actually enjoy just, you know, chilling out and listening to a, <laughs> to a good score every now and then. <laughs> you know, I've, I've been to the opera once uh, in my life with my grandfather. And it was like seeing it in person is totally different than, you know, listening to it. Um, but I was watching, what was I watching? I was watching the... They did an Olympics sort of thing uh, for Lo the London Olympics, and they had like um, Mr. Bean appear while they're doing like chariots of fire thing. <laughs> and, and like for me, that music just hits differently. Seeing that kind of comedic as aspect be put into that uh, sort of mold there, um, I think that's fascinating that you actually listen to like that sort of style of music, um, and you don't really perform that. Is that have you tried meshing those two genres together before, or yet? Um, I did actually, I actually rapped over a score. Um, it was from, oh, geez, what, uh, what movie? Oh, it wasn't from a movie. It was from, from Westworld. There's like a, mm, like a, like a sort of old Western, like piano piece that was just like, dun, 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 or whatever. Like there was a loop. I don't know if you've seen, have you seen Westworld before? Uh, I haven't gotten into it yet. There's just so much to watch, my man. Well, there's like, um, like in the beginning, in the one, in the first season, there's like this um, loop thing that keeps playing because, uh, like, the one of the characters finds herself like stuck in this loop, you know, because you know they're all machines or whatever, and then every time she wakes up and there's the same song playing, you know, and um, so it's cool. It's like an old western thing. It's actually up on um, up on on SoundCloud that song that I did on that, okay. and it's quite interesting for me to rap over a beat that had like almost no drums, and it was just like 
you know, just this sort of looping, like old Western song. So I enjoyed it. But sometimes I, I'll, I'll dabble. <laughs> in other areas <laughs> but like i mean that's always good to dabble in those sorts of things because like then it kind of like unlocks that other creative portion for you to do like i don't know what you're maybe you're known for but i mean like just constantly experimenting and like trying new things like mm. just helps the overall artistic and creative experience i mean and not everything's gonna work like i've like you're gonna go back and re-listen to it like i've done some jokes and be like Probably shouldn't have done that one. <laughs> Probably shouldn't have said that. <laughs> well, I mean, like, that's, I haven't done anything, like, too controversial yet, because I'm still, like, I've only been doing comedy, like, for realsy, like, maybe a year and a half, two years. Um, and with the pandemic, it's been hard to, like, find uh, stage time. But, like, I'm I'm watching the guys like Andrew Schultz and uh, Daniel Sloss and, you know, all these guys that I really, really respect, like, Tom Segura. And like they push the boundaries and i'm like uh, do i really want to sacrifice everything I yes i do i do i want to sacrifice everything <laughs> I to try and push those boundaries so like like i'll, I'll tell you a joke after uh we're done recording because i want to get your feedback from it i i usually go to you when i want to talk about like other you know like talk about racial issues <laughs> like well you're my you're my black <laughs> well i mean i think it's good to have black friends. <laughs> well, the thing, that's, but that's the difference, right? Or right, let's talk, let's, that's the difference between like, so like you're in South Africa, right? You're not in North America. Your experience of being black is far and away different than like what a black person's experience in North America would be. And like, it's just such a, I don't even know how to describe it. Cause I mean, like, I know South Africa has their own shit going on. Um, but like, from what I've been told by, you know, uh, white South African people that like it's the black population that is you know primarily the the ones that you know get all the desserts and stuff I don't even know how to describe this yeah I mean it kind of it kind of like flipped on its head I suppose like when apartheid ended like and then like sort of the black people became the corrupt people <laughs> Oh, and yeah, and to your and to your point though, like you've also mentioned to me before that like the government of South Africa is you know just as bad as any government running uh, Canada or America or like it's yeah. like whoever is in power, regardless of skin color, is bad, and they're trying to like use that model of what they're what they're yeah. trying to represent to like, keep everyone down. My opinion, when, is when guys, people get into power. When people get into power, they somehow just like, just become like a little bit like wild. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, it doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter what the color of your skin is. It's like that one percenters or whatever is top one percent. They're always just like out to, you know, you know, keep things to themselves or protect themselves or whatever it is. They'll yeah. take all the money or whatever it is. It, 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 like, it doesn't matter who, what color your skin is. As soon as you get like a little bit like in power, especially politicians, I think that's the, the real thing, actually. I think we've all seen how badly politicians are at running a country by this pandemic. Like, I think every, aside from maybe like New Zealand or Iceland, like, or maybe a handful of others, like every person in politics that has had to deal with this pandemic has failed miserably. If they had a report card, it would be F minus sort of shit. 
it is it is like a little bit of a a fuck up i think i i mean i don't really like politicians just for the you know the pure fact that they they're getting paid they're supposed to be public servants right yeah you're literally supposed to be serving the public and yet you're getting paid like a shit ton more money than like a nurse or a, <laughs> or a teacher <laughs> who's actually, you know, like helping the future grow or whatever it is, or saving Yeah, people. and it's it's kind of like, I mean, we've gotten, we've gotten way off the rails in terms of like talking about your musical career and everything. <laughs> 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 but like, to, to like, let's put a pin on it, but like, there's a famous line from, uh, you've watched, you've ever, you've ever, you've seen the movie The Watchmen, right? Yeah. So the famous line is like, who watches The Watchmen? There's no one to keep these people that are, politicians in check because they are elected officials sort of thing and just like i think it's a systematic thing that you know we're all we're all kind of buying into we're like we just we end up we end up voting for the same people over and over instead of like giving someone new a chance uh we we fuck it up by just same old same old and you know the one time that you know america is like oh let's let someone new in it just goes to absolute <laughs> shit. I mean, that was the bad person to let in. Like, just it was that was the that was the wrong. Like, you wanted to give someone new a chance. Not that guy, please. For all the guy, why'd you have to fuck this up? Of all the people, really. They could have let like anybody in, but they fucking chose fucking Agent Orange. <laughs> they, 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 they let in a billionaire that obviously does not give a shit about anyone, and just oh frustrating and you like <laughs> the benefit of your, you living in south africa is that you don't have to read the news in canada that's all american politics now apparently so you know <laughs> yay i get to hear about it every single day <laughs> oh, shit, uh, yes this is a rum and coke i'm frustrated now talking about politics <laughs> all right let, let's go back to <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Let's invite Sarah in to talk about the why she's single. Uh, um, so you, like you said, you just graduated. Um, uh, what, television, film, or just film program? Um, it was well. I, I felt my main focus was uh, cinematography. Oh yeah. But like, I had to do every single subject. Like, I did directing, producing, editing, um, all of that, and then. Yeah, in the process, I shot a few short films and uh, music videos, etc., documentaries, and all of that. So, yeah, finally got my degree. Yeah, so <laughs> <Yay. laughs> a piece of paper, a piece of paper. <laughs> you know what's gonna help you, Ramo? When you grow up, all those degrees, man. You know, all those degrees is good. <laughs> that's, that's I hope people get that like, reference. It's a Kanye like, West reference. <laughs> Before he was <laughs> Kanye like, Kardashian, I could have just, just skipped the whole university thing and just started working in the industry. <laughs> like, you could have like, so much further. <laughs> you could have. <laughs> oh, uh, I look at my college diploma sometimes, and I think, oh, what a waste of fucking time. But at the same time. <laughs> I still have lots of friends from that sort of thing. And like, it's, it got me on cruise ships and it's got me here, I guess. Uh, yeah. Look at my background. It's so fancy. Uh, uh, 
Um, so like, what is your, what's your, what's your kind of goal uh, going forward? Like, is, do you, like with music, do you want to combine the two and work and do like music videos? Is that? Yeah, I mean, that would be good. Um, I think right now, the struggle is really just trying to, you know, get myself back on set because like South Africa, the industry took a massive knock, you know what I mean, during the pandemic. And South Africa never really made that many movies to begin with. Like, I think before the pandemic, we were only making about 20 movies a year in, in oh. South Africa. That's not a lot, you know what I mean? That's like almost nothing. But what we do have is a very big service industry. So um, a lot of Americans and you know other people from other countries, whatever, they come to South Africa to shoot here because <clears throat> we have like a lot of incentives and and deals so um you they get massive tax breaks just because they filmed in south africa and they use south african crew so <clears throat> that is probably the the main goal for now is just to get myself on set as much as possible but i've also been writing um i don't know if anyone will ever fucking find, <laughs> find my screenplay but i have been writing a couple of screenplays so i don't know We'll see well, how I it mean, goes, but... to, to your point, right? So, like, you say, like, oh, I don't know if my screenplay will get funded. But, I mean, like, all you need right now is, like, a few friends that have, like, an, like an iPhone 10 or whatever, and, like, you can film it on that. I mean, like, yeah. I this fucking thing records in 4K. I mean, there's a whole... <laughs> uh, uh, there's, there's a whole movie that's, like, got awards I mean, that was shot yeah. primarily on iPhones. Like, I mean... We're in an age, we're in a unique time frame where like you, if you want to create something, you can just do it. It's so easy to create. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the best model to do it right now. And there's no one saying like, you can't do this or you can't do that anymore. It's like, oh, well, if you say no to me, I can just go out and do it myself sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, that, I, I suppose like that is a thing, but it does require a little bit of bravery from like, from your side, you know what I mean? If you want to make it happen, then you actually have to be willing to like put in the work and just do it. You know what I mean? Um, and sometimes the fear of failure is what stops you from actually <laughs> doing anything that actually could be successful. You know what I mean? So yeah, and like and to further that point, I mean, like I spent what thirty years like being scared of just wanting to get a nine to five. You know, have a house, have kids, and like. You know, it sometimes it clicks later in life. Like I've, it's clicked for me that you know, like I'll, I'll keep on working, but like I'm gonna do the podcast thing, I'm gonna do the comedy thing, I'm gonna get back into wrestling. You know, because like I mean, like I don't want to have to like be on my deathbed and like not be able to tell stories to my grandkids or my kids. But like, mm -hmm. I want to be able to tell stories, essentially. You know, mm -hmm. and then by doing all this stuff, you know, I think that's a well lived life. So like the idea of being scared, like you the scary like the idea of being scared is such an asinine sort of like idea because like if you're scared uh i mean like i i my fear is sh i hate sharks like i'm scared of sharks but i mean <laughs> i still want to go cage diving with sharks because i mean you know once you conquer fear like you can almost conquer anything sort of thing yeah i think um to live with regret at like on your deathbed is probably the worst you know, thing yeah. that you can, that, like, that, should, that should frighten you more than anything else to have regrets when you're like, when you're finished. 
that's yeah. about. And I mean, like, that's a that's a very good point because, like, also at the same time, and like, but like, everyone's gonna you're no matter what you're gonna have regrets. But it's like, do the do the regrets outweigh like the accomplishments? And like, I'm gonna try and out love those sort of things. Find some balance. <laughs> yeah, balance is key. Yeah. Wow, we're very we're very wise in our old age. You got any gray hairs coming up? I got gray hairs growing now. I'm like, I don't know. Do you got anything going or? Bro, I, I, I had to, I plucked some up earlier. <laughs> I, I, Mark they're, and coming I were, in, they're coming in strange places as well. Like I found some in my pubes. <laughs> what? That's so strange. <laughs> And you're you're not single anymore, right? So that's what that's no, what I'm I have a I have a lady. Yeah, lady friend. Yeah, I've met I've talked to her once or twice. She seems lovely. Doesn't take yeah. any of your bullshit, that's for sure. Oh yeah, fucking hell. yeah, we've been together for three years. Going on three years now. So <clears throat> so how when you got off ships how much uh like seeing that environment how much did that affect your love life afterwards because i mean like i can't believe i met maka first off i can't believe that worked out um and secondly like you know when you work on shits for so long i feel like it kind of dilutes your idea of like what you know a real relationship is i suppose so because like <clears throat> when you work on a ship like you like only have about like six months and then you're like sort of left in limbo like am i still gonna be with this person at the end of my contract or you know go to the next contract together or whatever it's an intense six month relationship though if anything it's an intense <laughs> like because like you're with each other all the time <laughs> but like <clears throat> i was I, I i don't know if you remember katarina i was that was on the ruby um where i was with um Serbian girl Katarina for a little bit. The redhead? And then hmm? the redhead? Yeah. No, no, um, she had brown hair. Black hair? Brown hair. <laughs> but anyway, um, she actually came to South Africa to visit me, like after my contract. Um, okay, sorry, it took me a while. Yeah, I remember her, yeah. <laughs> and then she came and like we like it, she wanted to continue with the ship thing. So I was like, okay, well, this probably is not going to end very well if you're going to keep going back on the ships because like, it's not like I can know what you're actually getting up to. And <laughs> from my experience on ships, people get up to a bunch of nonsense, <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> sleeping around and, and all of that. So like that whole relationship ended <clears throat> and not even like, two or three weeks later, I met Lindsay. Um, she was a friend of mine. Um, well, she's, well, she wasn't a friend of mine. I actually didn't know her at all. But um, my one of my best friends um, went to go fetch her from the airport. And then we met like in that car ride. And then we went, we went out for parties and whatever. And then we were in a long distance relationship because she was actually living in London for the longest time. And so we had this long distance relationship that, um, you know, I just couldn't shake her off. Uh, and then I fell in love, 
fucked around oh. and caught feelings. <laughs> That's very sweet. Um, Ramo, uh, I, we've been talking for a while, man. We can do this forever. Um, where can people find your music? And like SoundCloud, Bandcamp, uh, Spotify, but like there's there are different ones, right? So where can they find it? Um, so <clears throat> all my music, uh, if you, I don't know if there's a way to put a link up or whatever, um, <clears throat> but um, if you search um, Remix Addict on Spotify, otherwise you're, you can also go through to my Instagram page and um, there's a hyperlink for it that brings up all sorts of different um, um, streaming services. So it's uh, Spotify, Deezer, I don't know what the hell that is. <laughs> so what's, your, what's, your, what's your Instagram so people can find it? Uh, Remix the Addict, so it's R-E-A Mix the Addict. <laughs> yeah, and we're going to um, play some tunes on our way in and on our, on our way. I hope you guys enjoyed the tunes beforehand. And we're going to leave you guys with a song. What song do you want to leave the people with? What, do you have like, do you have like Spotify open or what? <laughs> I, I, well, no, I'm going to add it in afterwards. The post-production oh, okay. is a thing. Like I've been working, <laughs> I've been working in the film and television industry for a lot longer than you, okay? I, I know how to do some things, okay? <laughs> um, I think my favorite, one of my favorite ones is Cabo. Um, so, I mean, if you play that one, uh, I enjoy that track. Uh, oh, Clobber in Time. Clobber in Time is also... Clobber in Time is my favorite. That's the one I want to come out to if I start wrestling again, for sure. <laughs> All right, Ram, yeah. well, thank you so much, man. Appreciate you. Love you. Yeah. Love you. <laughs> love you too, Be bro. a man and say it, okay? It's not... You know, hey, it's I not... love you, Mitch. <laughs> I love you, buddy. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation that I had with Riamo. Uh, again, all of his music is available at uh, Remix the Addict on Spotify, SoundCloud, uh, wherever you can pretty much find music. Uh, we're going to leave you, uh, though, um, with another song of his. Uh, this one is another one that I really enjoyed. It's called Cabo. So stay tuned next week. We have another great episode with you. Uh, we are, we're going to be talking to Liam Small, who's a comedian from Newfoundland. But until then, until next time, uh, stay safe, have fun, and have a good one. Cheers. Bible, but I'm still sinning and winning and winning and sinning again. I know tequila, my friend. I took a Mexican in. She got me going with the wind. Now I'm just up in the air. Ooh, that loving ain't fair, but I'm still loving it. Yeah. I got a reason to be. Fuck you, I do it like me. Running like straight to the beach, dipping my soul in the sea. I took a trip out to let me be free. I took a trip out to Cabo. I had to run and Riyamo. I just took out Cabo. Underlay, underlay. Now I just Fuck up my rivals, hold up, I'm here for the title Switch up the flow and just go where they know I'm the shit, I'm the goat, I'm an idol They know that remix is back as revival I took a trip out to, I took a trip out to Underlay, underlay, underlay Underlay, underlay, underlay Just get the fuck out of the way I had to fly to Cabo today And I got money to waste Throwing them bills in your face Slow motion walking away Look at you catching the fade Look at me catching the plane That's why I'm starting, I'm floating away Losing my baggage won't fuck up my day I took a trip out to Cabo I had to run in Miyamo I hit the beach and I sip on Corona I'm home where they know where there's no one with Rona I pull up and roll up the 
Coke Doja, fresh off the jet and they smell the aroma Remix just blow all the tree, add a mahogany weed Fuck you, I do it like me, I took a trip out to let me be I took a trip out to Cabo, now I'm just chillin' but willing to listen to friends I don't be missing the hate, I had too much on my plate Now all you bitches can wait, I took a trip out to let me be great I took a trip out to get me some personal space Now I just trip out on all of the magic I made in the cave ah! Underlay, underlay, underlay Underlay, underlay, underlay